0: to the other party at eve where you know we getting ready come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans at the time yeah welcome to the other party at eve where you know we getting ready come alive and you know we got a light so we gonna shine and we talking to the fans at the time
1: yeah hey it's chris and welcome to the after party before we even get into it i got to say i apologize for missing last week i said This move is not going to disrupt things, and it disrupted things. (laughs) So, sorry about that, Um, but at least we're here this week. I'm in a new place uh, right now. I am chilling in my porta studio, as I'm referring to it, uh, while we're staying at somebody's house. Um, So, I got it set up in the basement, because we're kind of like hanging out here while we're shopping for a new house. Uh, And so, anyways, yeah, Uh, I'm glad that I had a space to set everything up it's a little bit weird so I I did bring my giant you know photography paper background you guys are used to seeing Um, that's here it's 12 feet long it's enormous takes up a bunch of space but it's it's there so at least it's a clean background for videos and I brought the desk that you guys are used to seeing uh, in videos in my old office Um, that's down here right to the left of that and that's going to be sort of my b-roll station where all the close-up product shots and stuff are going to be shot and actually where I'm getting some work done too. So it's, it's weird, you know, moving's not fun, um, but it's workable and I'm glad, Hey, by the way, before I forget, I'm going to let you guys in, you podcast friends on a little secret. It's kind of a, a pre-launch secret for Apple hype premium. So I told you something was coming with Apple hype. Uh, we were looking at a way to implement having an archive, Where you could go in and if you missed anything, you would be able to access an archive of stuff previous days. So like, you know, AppleHype, I'm sure most of the people here are familiar with it. But if you're not, you know, AppleHype.com is a place where I personally curate Um, Three important things from the Apple ecosystem that you want to be aware of every day. You can scan it in 15 seconds or less. So every day, Monday through Friday, I recommend an app and an accessory and then a a headline, like an Apple-related news headline, like one important or interesting headline. And it's been really cool. People have really liked it. uh, And that's the most requested feature is how can I get an archive? How can I view past days? And people hit me up on Twitter and in my DMs on Instagram all the time saying like, hey, Chris, what was that one app? Uh, I can't remember. It does this. And of course, I just don't have the time. I apologize if you've reached out to to let you know, every little person, you know, uh, what whatever app might have been. So that's why we're setting up this feature. So we're calling it Apple Hype Premium, and you guys are going to get an awesome discount. At least a few of you are right now. So it's gonna cost normally three ninety nine is the price that we landed on. I think it's pretty reasonable and fair, but three ninety nine per month is gonna get you, let you build up your own archive, and it's also gonna give you some bonus recommendations. So I've been storing up actually for a while here um, some extra bonus recommendations. But every week you're gonna get an extra app and accessory that's exclusive to Apple Hype Premium uh, paying subscribers. And I'm going to give you a little bit of to-the-point commentary, uh, my own take, and in very uh, Apple-like, Apple-hype-like fashion, it's going to be just straight to the point. Some commentary on the news headlines that were featured that week. So the way this is going to work is you're just going to get a really simple email with the week's recommendations and your bonus content on every Friday. Now, what we're not doing is having like a login where you log in and, you know, you find stuff. And maybe someday we'll do something like that. Maybe we'll have an app or something. But the reason that we chose to send an email with your weekly archive uh, is for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's really simple. We're a small team still, and we we need it to be simple on our side. And number two is simple for you, and you can use your email, you know. So if you sign up today, a month from now, you're going to have four Apple Hype emails with uh, what? 5, 10, 15, 20 different recommendations for apps, 20 different recommendations for accessories, plus your bonus recommendations, right? This is going to build up uh pretty quickly over time for you, plus your headlines and your commentary. And if you need to, you know, remember what something was, you don't have to ask me anymore cuz I won't have the time anyways to help you out. You can just search your email. So it's pretty cool, it's very different, you know, and some people are going to like it, some people aren't, but but that's what we do. We don't do things like normally on Apple hype. Anyways, what other site out there is like Apple hype with three links that just change every day. I've never seen anything like it. And this is the way that we're doing the archive and and the premium side of things. So look, here is the deal for you guys today. I I haven't told anybody else about Apple hype premium, except for a couple people that just discovered it on their own today, as we got it going, that have been signing up anyways. But for you guys here at the podcast. I am going to give you guys 50% off for life, whether you sign up for a monthly or annually with the code pod friends, all one word P O D F R I E N D S pod friends. And it's going to work for the first 30 people that go try it. So 50% for life. So you might want to pause real quick and go sign up if you want that sweet deal. Cause it's not going to be available elsewhere. And when it's gone is gone. But you guys got to understand Apple hype, it's a business. Daily Tech is a business. I know a lot of people are like, why can't you just provide all this stuff for free? Well, we do. I mean, like you get those three recommendations every day for free, whoever you are. You don't have to pay. It just requires checking back every day before they disappear. And then, yeah, you don't have an official archive to refer to. But, but you know, uh, we do got to keep the lights on around here. And we do have some ambitions. And so, yeah, I mean, don't be surprised. Daily Tech is a business. Apple Hype is a business. And we're trying to strike the right balance Of free and premium for people, but hopefully, whoever you are, you'll have something available that's useful to you. But yeah, back to my setup right now. So, what came with me? I I packed up the big super ultra wide monitor that isn't around right now, (laughs) that's in storage. Uh, I have my 16 inch MacBook Pro and my 12.9 inch iPad Pro, those are my workhorse devices right now. And so, between the two of them with Sidecar, you know. I'm not missing the super ultra wide as much as I would be if I just had either or. But this week uh, proved to me that I could still make content even though <laughs> I wasn't in my usual studio with the usual setup and stuff. I got one video out this week only because it has been crazy. And that was a video comparing these two devices. Uh, but not, so the, I, the MacBook Pro versus the iPad Pro, which I have done before, but I did something very different this week. And I think a lot of people really appreciated it from the comments that I saw. And that was instead of comparing each device feature by feature talking about the hardware what i did was i compared them task by task and so there was like a few different categories uh there was just basic computing stuff you know like how do you find files you know so finder versus the files app how do you search for stuff and which what's better on each just email and then we got into creative stuff uh which obviously it would be like design, photo editing, that kind of stuff. And we talked about entertainment, we talked about business stuff. So things like Keynote, what which one is better for using Keynote, for instance. And actually it turned out to be a pretty uh, interesting, good videos. It was a decent video, I feel like. And other than that, you know, what's been taking up a lot of my time is just sort of planning for the future. Uh, obviously we're implementing Apple Hype this week. So th- that has been a lot of planning. Um, and I'm ex- excited, you know, for the premium thing to go live i'll tell you guys this i'm gonna have a new uniform on the daily tech videos (laughs) i ordered four identical black shirts with white text and a logo for apple hype says applehype.com so basically i'm gonna be advertising apple hype on every video without ever having to say anything (laughs) so assuming they're decent quality shirts you guys are gonna get used to seeing those I've been thinking a lot, though, about, I kind of mentioned some of the camera setups and stuff that I was thinking about doing, and I'm still progressing with my research there, but I'm getting really excited about it. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, um, and I don't know if I'll wait until we're, you know, totally moved, and I have a space where I can actually set everything up, or if I'll get it before that, and just kind of start tinkering around with stuff. But I was thinking about it. There's really, like, I would say three main schools of styles for tech videos see if you guys agree with me here so you kind of have like the mkbhd style which is maybe kind of the default style i think for a lot of tech channels right now which is you have somebody sit down in front of the camera and record their face and maybe you have some talking points or maybe you fully scripted it and that's your a role as they say the talking head there and then you go and you get your b-roll later, your product shots, your close ups, uh, your pans, your zooms, your, you know, pictures, you know, video of using the product and sort of like beauty shots, and then you splice it all together. And so uh, a lot of channels really uh, use that kind of a thing. And really that I think daily tech right now, and in the past has really fit into that, mostly that mold, particularly too. It's just, you know, you have to have only one camera to do that. And Uh, and then you can make some really great content. But it's very time-consuming is the thing. And then you have more of the traditional, I guess what you would say, just like unboxing kind of a setup. And I think Unbox Therapy has, you know, Louis, Lou, he's really made this uh, style more famous. And now you have a lot of other people also doing this kind of thing too, where you have multiple angles, usually three, an overhead, one angle in front of you, and then something off to the side. Um, and some people just do two angles too um where you just have a, a desk that you're sitting at rather than maybe just you standing or sitting in a chair you're usually at a desk and oftentimes with this setup you're getting the a-roll the the talking headshot and the b-roll all at the same time and so in that way it can be a lot more efficient for the creator the the person putting this together because you're You're dedicated, you're doing one session and getting all the footage that you need all at once. So, you know, I've seen like Matt Moniz doing this recently, and I don't know who all else. I I would say less channels tend to do this. And, you know, the maybe slightly less professional way to do it is just to have only one camera, you know, angle or to have it tilted rather than a a true top-down rig or something. And or not to show your face at all. Uh, and just be showing the product, you know. You, there's sort of stages you can trace as people, you know, figure out their style and what they're doing. And then I would say the other one, the other style that I think most people kind of fit into, and this is a lot less because this is becoming on the scene since you know people like Peter McKinnon uh, have been pushing the envelope, or or Daniel Schiffer for sure with you know really cinematic stuff, and this pushing certain people to experiment with being more cinematic. So you see a lot more B-roll with slow-mo shots or all kinds of in-camera transitions. And so, and I think there's some other styles, you know, people have done some unique things. But as I was thinking about those things, uh, I just have been developing plans for what I'd like to do in the future in a new space or spaces. And like the short-term future and the long-term future. And the answer is, you're gonna to have to wait and see what we do, what we come up with. But I'm having a lot of fun planning it though. Because, you know, I've always been very ambitious in terms of what I wanted to do and accomplish, but I've been held back uh, really mostly on the budget front. But that's starting to change. I'll just be honest, as the business has grown, um, things are, are everything's growing. And that includes, uh, you know, revenues. And so it's getting to the point now really for the first time where it can be more about like, well, instead of what do I need to, what am I limited by because I can only use this camera or I only have this space. It's turning into more of like, well, what do I actually want to do and how do I accomplish that? And it's a very different situation and it's, it's exciting and it's fun. And ultimately the channel and the content are going to be improved, I think with that. So yeah. That's a little bit about Daily Tech and Chris right now. And, uh, you know, I'll do my best to make sure that the podcast gets out in a timely fashion in the coming weeks. Um, But just know, you know, it's still technically the move era and things are going to be a little weird. Maybe you'll see a little bit less content on YouTube, but the content that you see should be really great. All right. So Apple stuff. Well, here's one story right here that says iPad demand surges due to teleworking and online learning. And a lot of this, it says it it was increased demand for iPads because of Asia this quarter. This is actually really fascinating to me because I can almost see this in in my stats in the YouTube backend. So I make iPad content, I make Mac related content, I make iPhone related content, Apple Watch related content. I mean, I've talked about Apple services, things like Apple Arcade. And just a vast different assortment and array of Apple-themed videos, right? And I can really tell, like, the iPad stuff is popping, and it always does anyways, but it seems to be popping even more than usual. You know, surely it wasn't because of the 2020 iPad Pro. I have covered that pretty extensively, but that was such a minor update. I really was like, no, it can't really be because of that. But what was really interesting for people was that iPad Pro Magic Keyboard. People really were interested in that. that. That really took off. And you know what? what's interesting, though? You can look at all the iPad content that I've made, and I can look at, you know, like, the base level, entry level iPad and the Combo Touch, the Logitech Combo Touch, which adds trackpad support. It's kind of like the budget user's iPad Pro setup, you know? And that video just didn't pop. It didn't do nearly as well as the other iPad content. So it's not all iPads uh, across the board, I don't think. I do think there's more interest in the iPad Pro, though, just as a product, not necessarily the 2020 iPad Pro. But, yeah, because of COVID-19 everyone having to work from home, Apple actually saw this coming, it sounds like. And the article was talking about how they tapped LG Display to help it fulfill its orders, and they've been running the production lines just flat out, peddled to the metal, trying to keep up with all the demand. And this is so weird. This is part of what's weird for me, because of the pandemic. You know, I hear about you know sectors of the economy really hurting, and it's like, oh, our business is doing great. Well, it just so happens that we talk about technology uh, that people need and want, whether there's a pandemic going on or not. But it's a question that I get all the time: Which iPad should I get? Or should I get an iPad or should I get a Mac or should I get something else? And it's interesting that over in Asia that the iPad is crushing and killing it right now because in certain sections, I think, what, in China? Didn't Huawei ship more tablets technically than Apple recently for the first time over there? But really nothing besides the iPad makes so much sense to buy right now. If you're going to be stuck from home or working from home, uh, it depends on what kind of work that you do. Because actually I had a lot of comments... People were like, hey, in your comparison video between these two devices recently, just as a student, like I got a lot of students commenting. They're like, hey, you mentioned that the iPad Pro has a better uh, camera for doing like Zoom calls or for FaceTime stuff than the Mac, which has a potato camera. I've been saying that forever. So as everyone, I can't believe that that still hasn't been updated. They were like, look, uh, as a student, if I want to share my screen or something on a Zoom call or on uh, a FaceTime or something, I can't do that like I can on the Mac. And so so it does have a slightly better camera. It's 1080p versus 720 on the Mac, but it still does have limitations. So it's not for everybody. But, but what I'm saying is if you're stuck at home, the iPad is so good for entertainment. It's so good for creating stuff. It's so good for just catching up with email uh, and just having a better screen. Look, like Like while we're moving right now, we don't have our TV. Our TV is packed up. So, you know, that whatever it is, 65, 72 inches, I don't know what it is, whatever Vizio sent for that video. uh, That is packed up. And what have we been watching stuff on, even as a family? On the iPad Pro, the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, because the screen is great. The speakers are insane. They get so loud. Don't even have to turn them all the way up. Everyone can hear them, even if it's in the kitchen or something with dishes clanking around and stuff. So, it really is such a versatile device. And I will say, I like, and I said this in a video, I like the Magic Keyboard for the FaceTime angles. Uh, this is the device to be FaceTiming with. So it's interesting because news and my world, they're colliding. I don't know if you guys caught this, um, but I think it was just today I got the press release saying that Powerbeats uh, debuted some new colors, Powerbeats Pros they come in four new colors now. So before I think it was just black. There's nothing wrong with that. That looked really cool. But we've got a new yellow, a pink, a red, and a blue. But of course, they're not just yellow, pink, red, and blue. It's spring yellow, cloud pink, cloud pink. Oh, well, I guess. Yeah, like a sunset, lava red, and glacier blue. Now, like everything these days, I apologize, you know, if you happen to be one of the few leakers out there. But you know, this was leaked earlier and kind of ruined the surprise. And I, I do kind of resent that, uh, knowing about everything too, too far ahead of time. But, but we kind of knew that these colors were coming, but now it's official, still the 249.95 price tag. And other than the colors, these are identical to the original Powerbeats Pros. So you're still going to get the nine hours of listening. You're still going to get that charging case, which actually brings your listening time total to like over 24 hours. If you just put them back into recharge. Uh, You get that five-minute fast fuel charging feature, which is nice, uh, which gives you an hour and a half of playback. And importantly, you get Apple's H1 chip in there for the easy pairing and the seamless switching. I'm looking at the red color, and it really reminds me of my Solo Pro wireless uh, headphones that you see in a bunch of my videos on my desk there. I like it. It's cool. This is nice because it really stands out. Um, Out of all these colors, I think I'd only probably get the red. The other ones are kind of too light for me, too eastery. Uh, in fact, it looks, it looks like I'm looking at an Easter thing when I see the pink and the yellow and the blue. Those, that'll give you a good idea if you're just listening here what shades to expect. But I would get the red, I think, for sure. Uh, or the black, you know, like I have. The black, it looks really good. You can't go wrong with it, but it, it does get a little bit boring when everything is just all black. But these, you know, they're really sports-focused. If you're looking at getting some new uh, wireless earbuds, I mean, I can definitely recommend these. For me, I don't know if anybody remembers the review that I did, it's been like a year now, right? Um, the tips were a little bit uncomfortable for me. And it was, I know like a lot of people in the past had had uh, like, Chris, the AirPods don't fit well or they fall out of my ears or whatever. And then the pros came out and they had the changeable tips and it was better, I think, for most people. But these, it was the opposite. I never had problems with AirPods, but these were a little bit uncomfortable for long periods of time, the tips. And so I did get some uh, Comply foam tips and that helped a lot that definitely was an upgrade. And so these are cool because they're focused on like sports and and being active. And this is a good thing to have right now too. I think I've seen more people out like riding bikes and jogging and stuff right now than I ever have before. And especially because the weather's nice right now. So yeah, there, there are reasons to get these instead of AirPods or maybe (laughs) along with AirPods, if you're uh, a money bags. And now you have some extra options. I don't know if you guys have an Apple Watch or not. And if you do, if you try to track your sleep with it or not. But there's a app that's pretty popular for it. And it's called Auto Sleep, And it just got an interesting update. Because basically right now, obviously, one thing that people would like to see improved with the Apple Watch is to have better battery life. And not only that, but to have built-in sleep tracking, which seems to be coming. So we'll see what WWDC brings in terms of Apple Watch stuff this year. But right now, if you want to you know, track your sleep with the Apple Watch, you got to use a third-party app, something like AutoSleep. And from what I understand, people really do like this. I don't think I've used this one. If I have, I, I don't use it currently. I've done a little bit of sleep tracking with my Apple Watch, but it's not something that I'm super into. But when you do try to do sleep tracking with your Apple Watch and you have just one Apple Watch, because as a reviewer, I had a couple laying around, and what I would do is I would sleep, and track that one and then charge the other one and then switch them out. And I would use the older one to do the sleep tracking. And then my other one would be fresh during the day, but you got to really manage your, your track, your charging time if you're trying to track your sleep. So, so this app came out with uh, an update and it's going to help you not forget to charge and help you, you know, know when to charge so you can make this system work. And all of this, could be a very short-lived thing right now because if the next Apple Watch comes out with sleep tracking and better battery life, maybe problem solved. I don't know. But but it's a bummer though. Like if you're trying to do this and you run out of battery, you know, then it was all pointless wearing it to bed. And to be honest, if you're sitting there being like, well, is that even comfortable to wear to bed? It really isn't that bad. In fact, I, I could sleep with it no problem. Uh, but it is, it's kind of a weird thought, but in practice, it's really not weird it's definitely a good way to expand uh your apple watch functionality if you're already just using it for things like reminders and notifications and and the time obviously people still do that uh and then fitness stuff but but this is like the next uh, a next level of usage is to be tracking your sleep um there's some other cool things here too though there's a new smart alarm feature and you have to have watch os6 or higher though for this but it says uh, start the day feeling less groggy with the new native Apple watch smart alarm that can wake you up in a lighter sleep or gently tap you to take you out of a deeper sleep. And that's pretty cool. You know, being optimal, being optimized. When you wake up, that's, that's honestly a very cool thing. And also for me, uh, the, the ability to get tapped, you know, to wake up with your watch, that's really cool. Cause then you don't have to wake up anybody else. You know what I mean? Uh, so I try when I set my alarm, and it blares and wakes up my wife, you know, I feel bad because I, I get up early often. So the tap to wake thing, that that's pretty cool. But also, and a lot of people forget this, I'm talking about developers and Apple Watch owners. They, this uh, app also released a new Infograph, large modular and large modular complication that gives you the alarm status and your live sleep tracking, and that's cool. A lot of people don't check that modular watch face when they get a new app. And that complication, the big complication in the middle in particular for a complication when you install a new app. And that's too bad because it's one of the most informative places, um, you know, that a complication can be placed. You can fit more information in there. And the apps that do give you that complication, I always appreciate because it gives you more info. Oh, here's something interesting. So, uh, you know, from time to time, Apple releases some refurb products, refurbished products, uh, into their store. And it's always, I feel like it's the press that always announces it. Apple doesn't really announce it. Uh, but they just added some iPhone XR refurbs, I think for the first time. And they're now they're almost as cheap as the iPhone SE. So what you can get, you can get a 64, 128, or the discontinued 256 gig options for 100 to 120 less than their current selling price, if you go with the refurb route. So the 64 gig, uh, iPhone 10 R that is going for $499. So that's a hundred bucks off the 599 price. Now the question is, would you rather have an iPhone 10 R or the brand new iPhone SE? I'm going to be honest. Ugh, that, that is a tough one. I like the styling obviously better of the 10 R and it's cool that you can get some colors. Like I, I do appreciate the colors for sure, but the size in the guts of the SE right now, that I don't know, it's like a siren song. I wish you could combine them, and you can, but then you get a newer iPhone. It costs a lot more. <laughs> I I just it does bother me. The more I think about it, the the head, the forehead, and the chin on the iPhone SE. But I do really like the size, uh, the smaller size. You guys know. When I'm going mobile, and my phone is definitely one of my mobile things, I like to go as small and as powerful as possible. And then for the stuff at my office, uh, at the desk, that stuff I like to max out, and get the biggest, most powerful thing that I can. The iPhone 10R, it's a great phone. You can go back and look at some of my content that I did on it. People still can't believe some of the footage that I shot. Uh, the iPhone 10R review itself, I shot, I had two, and I shot the actual review, all of it, with the iPhone 10R. And there's slider shots and there's all these crazy pans and stuff. And it's really, it's a high quality phone, great uh, camera and nice, nice screen, somewhat chunky bezels (laughs) on there still. But, and I will just say too, I I haven't done an Apple refurb video yet, but the refurb products, they're just like brand new. You know, there's no reason I would absolutely recommend getting an Apple refurb for sure. Um, and maybe even a refurb from somebody else, but the official Apple refurb, um, yeah, if, if they had something available that I wanted, I would get that maybe even over the new, you know, like, because it's just good. I've never, I've heard nothing but good things about Apple's refurb stuff. Like literally there should be no discernible difference between a refurb and a brand new product. I sound like a salesman right now. (laughs) Apple did not pay me and has never paid me ever to say anything despite all the crazy comments. Uh, but you can also get AppleCare on it too. So yeah, I mean, if this appeals to you, then you should head over there before they sell out because once they sell out, they're, they're gone. It's not like just there all the time. Man, and here's something that kind of disappoints me. I- I'm excited, but I'm also disappointed. And that is that there's some leaks that have been showing that a new leather loop band, official one from Apple, is coming down the pipeline. Some people got their hands on them over in Vietnam, which, you know, sometimes that happens in the country that's making stuff for Apple. Some of the stuff will leak and it got out into like a, a market or something there. And so there's been some pictures. There's actually somebody even already published a video about it. And I know this is just an Apple watch band, uh, but but I love the Leather Loop right now. It's my favorite band uh, of all the Apple watch bands. I think that I've tried anyways and actually my wife got me one i talked about it. i think here on the podcast she got me the black one and i've just had it on there ever since i got it i don't switch it out for anything else i love it it's convenient it's different because of the clasp it's magnetic and i really love it but i think it's kind of a five-year-old design and so i understand apple wanting to update it i guess i guess it's maybe time for that but i've only had it for i think less than a year which is the unfortunate part. <laughs> if there's one thing that I can't stand, is being out of date for certain things. And so I'd like to have my the latest, greatest phone. And even if I wasn't a tech reviewer, I think I would still like that. And I don't want my iPad and stuff to be outdated. It's going to kill me when the next version of the 16-inch MacBook Pro comes out because I'm not going to update that thing for several years, you know? Like, I like to have the latest stuff. And it's not just that. Like, for a long time, I did not like old videos. And my wife did. And she was, like, really into like classic videos, uh, on TCM. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that. And I was like, Oh, how can I watch these? And then I I watched a bunch with her and I actually came to appreciate them and like them. And in that way I have expanded my horizons. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I just have an aversion though, naturally, I think to older things. I like the latest, the greatest, the newest, and it's probably, there's not really a reason to not like old things. Cause like, I'm thinking like, what's wrong with my leather loop right here? Nothing. You know, it's, it's amazing. I love it. And the new one, it just looks a little puffier. It's sort of like the puffy jacket version of this. It's kind of hard to describe. And some of them showed like an accent color on the sides of the band, which is kind of cool, but there's the video that leaked, um, didn't have that. So maybe it's just a prototype that had that or not, but, and you know, I could get them both. I guess, and use it. But yeah, I, I just wish I had had more time with this before it was outdated. And that happens at least once a year with some gadget or accessory or something, you know. But dang, does it look good though? It Does it look better or is it just newer? That, I guess, remains to be seen until I see the thing actually in real life. But I could see the appeal of it. If this turns out to be real, it could look better. Or partly I could be like, well, I don't know. The, the older one might have been a little bit sleeker, and maybe they haven't updated it all these years because it didn't need it, because it was just an instant classic, you know? Oh, I do want to touch on an interesting rumor that came out about the iPhone 13. The iPhone 12's not even out, but somebody's been leaking some supposed information about the camera setup on the iPhone 13, which is interesting to me one of the components in particular, but let's go through some of the stuff. And obviously I don't even need to say it to you guys here on the podcast, but take it with a grain of salt. This is not at all, you know, what's official or officially coming down. And and just because maybe, maybe some of these things are real, but it could be just a prototype or one direction they could have gone, you know, so don't get too excited, but yet it is fun to think about the possibilities in this particular instance. Why? Oh, we're going to get into all the other components, but the first thing that caught my eye was that there's, Possibly going to be an anamorphic lens included, just included as part of the camera setup. And I think this one was this rumor was saying there could be four lenses. Which okay, you know, uh, any any upgrade to the camera, I'm going to be happy with as somebody who uses it for shooting actual real video that I use in video sometimes. But an anamorphic lens, right now you can you can you know, so to get anamorphic, what you'd have to do, and I'll explain what anamorphic is in just a second. You'd have to get a case and get either the Moment anamorphic lens, or I think Moondog has an anamorphic lens that screws onto your case or, or gets attached to the case. And then you get, an anamorphic is crazy. So anamorphic, if you've ever seen like Blade Runner or almost everything that's like a dramatic uh, or high quality production on TV or video, they'll often use anamorphic lenses and you'll see it, the lens flares that run horizontally usually on the screen And it just kind of has a dramatic uh, effect. And then it also just has a a different look to it. Because what happens is the the footage gets squeezed kind of. And then you have to de-squeeze it later in order to make it usable. And just gives you kind of a a pleasant, high-quality look. So basically, it's really for video stuff. But to have it included, that's intriguing to me for several reasons. Number one, I would guess that Apple could do that de-squeezing right in the camera app. And that would be awesome and it'd be fun to have an anamorphic built in and it'd be fun to have an anamorphic just built in because then you don't have to mess with having a different lens to keep track of and to put on and take off and it's kind of funny to think about a bunch of people millions of people out there having an anamorphic lens for like their you know everyday use uh it may completely ruin if this comes to the average person the magic of (laughs) <laughs> of what anamorphic looks like and stands for as like a Hollywood's kind of a staple. But so that's interesting. But for everybody else, so it's this rumor said there could be up to four uh, different lenses and a new LiDAR sensor. So there would be an upgrade. And I think we've touched on this before. So I, I think this is going to happen at some point, whether it's the 12 or the, or the 13. But, you know, upgrading from the 12 megapixel sensor to 64. Uh, and on this prototype, they're saying two 64 megapixels uh sensors one for the wide angle which is kind of your main lens and then one for that anamorphic uh which shoots at two to one ratio which is which is what makes it crazy. I should have said that earlier. Uh, And then that uh, ultra wide would give you a six times uh, digital zoom on top of a one times optical zoom, no zoom for the anamorphic, but then you'd also have a 40 megapixel telephoto lens with a three to five times optical zoom, which would be nice. I really do want that to come to the iPhone, a better optical zoom and then up to a 20 times digital zoom, digital zoom. I don't want that. I, I guess it can come every now and then it's useful but I say useful, but not wanted, you know, I don't want to shoot f- photos or video on digitally zoomed stuff. It just doesn't look good, but, but I do want the optical and then also a 40 megapixel, uh 0.25 X ultra wide with optical reverse zoom. I'm not even sure what that means. And then to top it all off a lidar 4.0 sensor, So I I think functionally it wouldn't really make the back of the iPhone look much different. You still have that square um, camera bump. And I guess it makes sense. You're just filling it out now. There's a a camera lens in each of the corners of that rounded bump. And then the flash is in the middle. And then the LiDAR is not in the bump anymore. I like it might be with the iPhone 12. It would be underneath is what this picture of this rumor shows. So right now Apple's really relying on, you know, machine learning and computer processing and just processing power to make those 12 megapixel sensors work, you know, at capacity, just, you know, they're still hanging in there. It's competing with other things with more uh, megapixels, but it would be a big jump to go up to 64 and too, but 40 to 64. It'd be a big jump because then you throw your uh, machine learning and computational stuff on top of that, and it would be cool. I would like to see what Apple could do with with that much power, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking about way, way, way off in the future here, uh, talking about the iPhone 13, if that's even what it would be called. But still, that anamorphic lens, it really intrigues me. So recently, um, I don't know if you guys caught this in the news, but uh, there were several articles about Apple buying a new artificial intelligence company to help bolster Siri. Siri, I I know they hired uh, uh, some people to really improve it. I haven't really noticed any big changes to Siri. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, When I think of Siri, it still feels like the same old Siri of like four years ago, kind of. There hasn't been an aha moment when I'm using it, and it was like, whoa, I was surprised by something. It was a lot smarter than I thought it would be, or it offered some kind of... New functionality or way of interacting. Like that's never happened in the last several years. The things series just sort of stuck where it's at. It feels like I'm sure this isn't actually the case. And just kind of it's a workhorse in a way. I use it for stuff a lot, but it, it's just not, it's almost like it's still in its preschool phase, you know, while Google Assistant and some other stuff have been graduating up. And, you know, and they're about to graduate grade school or they're in middle school or something, you know, like Siri, it just hasn't been improving. So, so here we have Apple buying inductive, which is a Canadian company that's been focused on using AI to clean up data. And so inductive, I'm not exactly sure what the play is here. If they're, if it's just a, a grab of talent or, you know, if they have a product that, you know, is actually interesting to the Siri team, but Inductive, they're known for uh, creating hollow clean, And basically, it was something that was designed to get useful predictions from, quote, noisy, incomplete, and erroneous data. So when I hear that, what it sounds like is something, you know, like Siri's always trying to predict. It'll give you app suggestions based on the time of day, for instance, that are contextual. So some kind of way to maybe present information in at the right time or in the right place, possibly. And maybe there are other applications that I, my brain just can't connect the dots. So I don't know if you've ever seen it before. I just came across it recently. But uh, the Apple Machine Learning Journal has a little statement. It says, Apple product teams are engaged in state-of-the-art research in machine hearing, speech recognition, natural language processing, machine translation, text-to-speech, and artificial intelligence. So when you hear all of those fancy terms, you're like, oh, wow, Siri should be like a PhD-level you know, the smartest assistant out there. <laughs> and admittedly, I'm not a rocket scientist or something like, you know, where's my digital assistant that i built? It's nowhere. I've built Apple Hype, which is the simplest thing you could ever build. So anyways, you know, it's important to get correct data and and to be able to use it. And I know Siri seems to sometimes struggle with what I'm saying. Oftentimes I'll make a reminder using Siri and it won't be right. And I'll have to stop and tap and edit it. But then when I edit it, it creates a duplicate and I have the wrong one and the right one, both reminding me at the same time. It's kind of annoying. It seems safe to assume that a lot of, uh, or maybe this is just a party line. I don't know. But a lot of Apple stuff, when it comes to the machine learning stuff, is less intelligent than the competition because of their stance on privacy. Like, yeah, we're not mining your data. And so therefore, you know, we protect your privacy, says Apple. But then, yeah, they they are almost like boxing themselves in, limiting themselves by limiting the data that they can use to be more useful to you. And Google and Amazon have no problem with that. So, uh, you know, I don't know, will this have an impact? I don't know. There have been other Apple Apple acquisitions that were supposed to bolster Siri. But if it were just a matter of throwing money at it, I mean, if if I was Apple, if I was Tim Cook, wouldn't I just buy, like, 20 different startups you know and you know hoover those things up and stick them in the siri department because siri could do so much more than it does right now and uh daring fireball had a great article on this recently i would go check it out maybe i'll link it up below if i remember just talking about all the star trek level crazy stuff you could do with your voice and uh things like if you're typing on email and you make a typo how you could just fix it in a snap you know with your voice not have to mess with the mouse or anything Uh, it would be great It's stuff we all would want that we don't, we can't even dream up right now. (laughs) So uh, this is something I, I did feature on Apple hype this week. And I think I'll just mention it real quick because it's crazy and ridiculous. And you should know that something this crazy exists. I think it has absolutely zero like value in terms of it doesn't do anything different than a less expensive version, but it's here it's from anchor it's a 100 lightning cable that yes has 24 karat gold on it so what is it it's literally just a status symbol it's a gold plated <laughs> cable and and not only that, it's the lightning cable which we don't even know that thing's possibly not even going to be around lightning cables and ports for much longer so this is really if if you're out there buying this as a status symbol just to be like, look what I have, then it's going to be like you're buying it for your own museum. So really this is not anything special other than being gold plated. It's power Powerline 3 cable with extra strong braided cord. And it's supposedly been tested to handle 35,000 bends. It's high speed power delivery. And it can charge your iPhone from zero to 50% in just 30 minutes. If you're using an 18 watt or higher PD charger, and it's even MFI certified to work with your iPhone, even after future iOS updates, MFI meaning made for iPhone. It's a six foot cord with gold and black nylon, and it comes in a fancy box, but the box is only faux leather. We got 24 karat gold, but with faux leather. Why does it exist? I really don't know. Somebody out there is probably buying this right now. Uh, Something that's interesting for you Mac people out there is there's some new fonts that you can access that I don't think is free. It's not gonna cost anything in Mac OS Catalina that I'm guessing you didn't know about. So Apple actually recently licensed some fonts from some type foundries. Those are the people bringing us fonts. They work at Type Foundries. Uh, some of them are called like Commercial Type or the Klim Type Foundry or Mark Simonson Studio. And they license them to be used as system fonts in macOS Catalina. But here's the thing these are optional downloads. So a lot of macOS users aren't even aware that they have access to these fonts for free. So, what you wanna do if you wanna check these out and maybe use it and switch up, you know, so everything's not in the same old Garamond or impact, don't be using Comic Sans, just don't do that. Uh, But you want to go to font book, so command space and search for font book, and then you can just switch to all fonts. And then you'll see a bunch of the stuff is grayed out, and you can right-click on it if it's grayed out and say download it. And there you go. You'll have it. So I'm just going to read some of the names of some of the fonts. You won't know anything about what they look like, <laughs> but just so you have an idea. Uh, Canela? 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 Domain Display. Founders Grotesque. Graphic. graphy, Graphic? I don't know. Product with a K. Proxima Nova. Publico. There's a bunch. So... You know, if you want to switch it up and have something that looks slightly different than everybody else out there, there you go. Let's just end on something that's kind of interesting because there's not like some huge news this week, right? But the Gates Foundation, as in Bill and Melinda Gates, former Microsoft Bill Gates, bought more than half a million Apple shares in the first quarter of 2020. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So, the Gates Foundation, they're a charitable organization. I'm sure you've heard of them before. And, you know, some of these organizations, the big ones, they do. They make some investments to kind of help them uh, stick around and have some staying power. Yeah. So what's weird about this, obviously, this isn't a big deal anymore. But, you know, back in the day, Microsoft and Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Apple were sort of pretty big rivals, uh, and it's a long winding tale, but you obviously remember uh, that Bill Gates and Microsoft kind of bailed out Apple at one point in history. Um, but yeah, there was some pretty, pretty bitter rivalry happening. So it's just interesting. If you go back to 1995, you would never have guessed that 25 years later, Gates would actually be heavily investing in Apple. It would seem crazy. So yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, but don't forget to use your pod friends coupon for 50% off for a life off of Apple Hype premium, either monthly or yearly for the first 30 people to go check it out. Maybe it's already gone. If you listen to this whole podcast, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the people from the earlier announcement already grabbed it, but go check, go see. And anyways, it's only $3.99 a month anyways, uh, even if you did miss it. So do check it out. Um thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next video. Later.
0: Welcome to the other party at the vibe. Where you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light like, so we going to shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time yeah. Welcome to the other party at the Where you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light like, so we going to shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time yeah. So i giving you the heat they reviews review some crease you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's a whole crew you gotta meet After party it's the place you gotta be And you can't really be the cuts for free. Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about the customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac, and you know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the models Wanna cop something, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it, yo. Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. shine And we talking to yeah. the fans, yeah. it's the time, yeah